Welcome to the cam-university.com podcast practicum. This show is brought to you by cam-university.com, your number one leader in education for all community association managers. So let's get started. Your hosts for the show, Jason Ekman and Lynn Sadowski from cam-university.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the cam-university.com podcast practicum. My name is Jason Ekman, and I'm your co-host. Our goal of the show is to bring you topics that are centered in and around community association management. Also with me is the chancellor of cam-university.com and my co-host for the show, Lynn Sadowski. Our show today is about construction defects and reconstruction in communities. To give us all the information we need to have success, we have a special guest this week who is Jason Bruce, who is an attorney from Persiano Law. And Jason, I said that correct, right? You did. I had to add that. That's the second time. I wasn't sure. It's Italian. It's phonetically uh, correct every time. <laughs> nice. I like that. Well, Jason, let me let me ask you this. This is the first question we go. Is there one thing, because I know we've talked to, if you listen to our last show, we talked to Paul Overton. He's on the construction side. When you're on the lawyer side of things with construction defects, is there something that people always ask you about or the first question, you know, they sit down like, hey, I need to know this X, Y, and Z. Is there anything like that? When people find out what I do, it always evolves to the exact same sentence slash question. And it could be somebody I meet on the street. It could be I'm at a cocktail party and I'm meeting new people and I look over in the corner and somebody says, Hey, that guy over there, he's, he's a builder in town. And you know, I don't know if he'll like you very much or what have you. And you know, as the party goes on, we'll get closer and closer and we'll shake hands and meet and I'll tell him what I do. And he'll look me in the eye and then laugh and say, I bet you're busy. <laughs> and then when the cocktails start flowing, he will start telling me stories that have happened on the job site. You're not going to believe what I caught my guy doing last month. Right. Yep. So same thing. No matter who I, I meet, they all know I'm busy. You're, they all know you're busy. I, I'll be honest with you. I, I thought this was going to be a pretty good answer when you started like that. I just didn't know where it was going to go. But that's that's not even a question. I just I know you're busy because, yeah, I bet you are. Absolutely. Well, let me ask you this. How far in, so I, I, we take these shows as I'm a new cam, right? I'm brand new. I don't really know what's going on. So I've realized that now in, in this kind of scenario, we know we have a current construction defect. I've talked to Paul. He's come out there and said, yes, you have a defect and we need to go after this. I'd assume that's the point in the process where he's going to contact you or am I as the cam going to contact you? Usually you as a cam would contact me okay, and maybe set up a meeting with the board of directors um, a lot of times I like to walk the project to make sure that something that qualifies for my firm, you know, we don't usually take small cases. Uh, we tend to only take things that are large, problematic, complex construction defect matters. So I like to get a feel for the board. I like to get a feel for the cam. I like to get a feel for the community, make sure it's a good fit because from there it is a partnership that needs to be really in sync for success. Okay, so that and then I would then put you in touch per se with Paul and say, "Hey, he's the guy I had brought out here to do uh, the destructive testing." Did I say that correct? The DT. Yeah, I'd probably have an initial conversation with Paul about what he saw and so forth, and then I would retain um, engineers, architects, those types of experts to perform testing, and then we would call. Oh, okay, Paul's so I, I was a step ahead. That ha- hasn't happened yet. <clears throat> Yeah, so okay. I'd call Paul's firm and say, we need to do this testing. And so what they specialize in, in addition to doing the reconstruction work at the end of the day, is going out with the experts and peeling back the layers of the onion so we can see how things were 
constructed, waterproofed, integrated, and that kind of thing. And it's a special skill set to do that as a contractor. Sure, sure. So as the CAM, you know, and you've talked to the board, what do I need to have ready for you as far as information goes, I guess, to, to make this process go you know, I say as smoothly as possible. We know construction, it's not a short time frame with, with what happens and things like that. But what do you need to know from me as the CAM? What records, what documents, what anything that I need to be able to give to you so you can help prove my case, I guess. The initial things I like to look at are the purchase agreements that people signed when they bought a home in the community. I like to look at the declaration. And then I like to hear about what complaints were made by homeowners, what known problems exist, and what was done about them to date. And those are the key things. And from there, I like to walk the property and get experts involved and start digging deeper. And go from there. All right. Well, that's good to know. So that's all stuff that I would assume a cam is keep. Because remember, I'm brand new at this. And Lynn, you maybe you know, this is all information I'm keeping anyway. Right? Is that correct? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, okay, good. Because as we know, I'm not actually a cam. I just play one on the radio, but uh, I wanted to make sure that this is something we're actually keeping anyway as we go. So that's that's good to know. Okay, so we met. You're going to call. So what's the next steps in your process, I guess, you know, when the cam, what am I going to do? What are you going to tell me to do? What's going to happen? And what kind of time frames can I expect? Or as the cam, are you just going right to the board and I'm the cam and I'm out of it and I just hear secondhand, I guess, just kind of how does it work from your side? After I do that initial inspection, I advise the board whether or not I think it's a good fit for my firm to get involved. And if it is, I present them with a fee agreement. They sign it. I line up the experts and away we go. Wow. I thought there'd be a lot more to it than that. What kind of time frames are we talking about as far as bringing out those specialists, doing that kind of stuff. And until the point where we're going to go, I guess, try to get some resolution either back to the original builder or they're going to say, hey, you know, not us, you know, and kind of go from there. Yeah, the initial thing is, is you have the experts do their testing, author reports, and you essentially send a letter to the builder and you say, you now have 120 days to make things right. Here's what we know what's wrong. Let us know if you're going to fix it, how you're going to fix it, who's going to do it if it's not you, and what time frame you'll have this thing done. And that's required by statute. The Florida legislature enacted this detente period where they wanted people to share information and try and reach a resolution without having to go to court. So there is that 120-day detente period that you have to get through. But sometimes a builder just looks at it and says, this is way way too expensive for us to deal with. This is why we bought insurance. File a lawsuit so I can sue my subs and let's get this thing resolved through litigation. And so you don't even have to wait the 120 days oftentimes. You brought up statutes. Uh, are there any statutes I need to be aware of as the CAM with with all this stuff? Because, you, you know, it's all done by Florida statute now and, and we obviously all know why. But I guess what, what are the statutes? And then what do I need to be aware of as a CAM when I'm working in this kind of environment and something's happened? The most important thing you need to realize is that there's filing deadlines. <clears throat> so that if the association knows they have a problem, the technical term is new or should have known had a problem, you have four years to bring a claim. And so sometimes you'll have a board president who's really um, gung-ho. And he'll write a letter early on. I know all the windows are defective. I know the roofs are defective. Get out here, builder, and fix them. 
and that letter gets kind of tabled for a couple of years and then it might raise its head and people say, well, maybe we should look into this more. Well, if that four-year period expires, you might find that the association doesn't have a claim. So most importantly as a CAM, if you realize there's an issue, you got to act fast. Now, the second thing you got to worry about is there's an ultimate timetable called the statute of repose. It used to be 10 years, and now is just reduced to seven years. And what that law says, it doesn't matter when you knew or should have known, if the property is older than a certain time frame, you're time barred. So what often happens to CAMs? CAMs are told about problems, and the board doesn't really want to deal with it, and Things get tabled month after month, quarter after quarter, or you're ultimately coming to that seven-year statute of repose or what used to be the 10-year statute of repose, and there were suspected problems, but nobody looked into it, and then all of a sudden, big problems start surfacing, and you realize severe construction defects exist, and nobody did anything about it, and now it's too late. And we get calls all the time saying, hey, um, I understand that we waited too long because of the statute of repose that had expired. Our CAM didn't really do anything about this, and we told them we had window leaks, and we told them about some roof leaks, and there was some cracking and stuff that caused us some suspicion, and they never really told us we have to do something about it. So can we sue the CAM? Can we sue the property management company? Of course, that's not an our DNA to sue a property management company, but we're always asked that question. I probably get two or three calls like that a month. Wow. I had no idea because they weren't on top of what they were supposed to do. Allegedly. Yeah. But oftentimes you look through the file and there's an email from a cam saying, Hey, maybe we should get a construction defect attorney out here. Maybe we should get an engineer out here. Maybe we should investigate further because us going out and just recocking this window doesn't seem to be working because we did it three months ago and it's leaking again. So, you know, a lot of times that kind of stuff is in the file, which is helpful, but just know as a cam that those deadlines exist and you at least want to put in the file, I told them to get some expertise and look into this before it was too late. Hey, everyone. Remember to sign up for our local events in your area that are brought to you by cam-university.com. You can register through eventbrite.com once notices are sent out. If you're not on our mailing list and would like to get these notices sent directly to your inbox, go to info at cam-university.com and leave us your contact information to be put on our event list. And now, back to the show. So Jason, I have something to kind of throw in the mix. Now the, the time frame is seven years, right? And you have to file the claim within seven years. But sometimes the buildings don't start creating problems. You don't start seeing the problems until after the seven years. I would assume, you know, maybe it takes a while. Some earlier, you know, if, if it's built really shoddy, you know, you're going to start seeing right away, but maybe some of them, it takes a little bit longer, especially if it's all happening underneath and then it doesn't really come to the surface until later on. And please let me know if I'm incorrect in this, but is there anything that let's say once the turnover has been made and the, and the association has control of the, you know, the community, is there anything that they should do initially to, to kind of help to look at some sort of an inspection that should be done to make sure that they don't, miss that seven years and and like as soon as they acquire the community what would be your recommendation my recommendation would be in less than four years from turnover okay that you hire somebody like paul's company 
or an engineer to come out and do an inspection and just say, hey, are we missing anything because a potential deadline is coming up? That would be a very, very smart thing to do. One of the things that associations do that they think is good enough really isn't, and that is they get a reserve study done. Say, well, we got a reserve study done, and now we're planning for the future, and we're putting money away to put new roofs on in 20 years and paint every you know nine or 10 years, so we're fine. But if you look at that reserve study, it'll either be in the very beginning or the very end or both. It says this reserve study assumes that all the construction was done correctly in a workmanlike manner in accordance with the Florida building codes. We're not looking for that kind of stuff, and we assume it doesn't exist when we assist you, the association, in planning for your future. So do not rely on a reserve study. Good piece of advice. Uh, Jason, I do I do love the, and don't take the lawyer speak, right? When you say allegedly and some <laughs> things like that, I'm like, oh, that's a perfect, that's a perfect answer for a lawyer. All right. So I'm the cam, can possibly get sued. I'd assume that's not something you guys do is sue uh, property management companies. Then when going back to that question, that's somebody else, right? No, the only way I would even consider it is if it was one of these um, companies that are closely held by the builder. Oh, okay. You know, so they're, they're part of the property management as well. Yeah, because yeah. you know, you'll have these builders that will say, come by in our community. Our assessments are only $240 a month. And then they have a property management company that's captive to them, and they will keep the maintenance fees way down and so forth because, you know, the average American, when they buy a home, I mean, a lot of them are crossing their fingers, hoping that they qualify for a mortgage. I mean, this is the biggest investment of their life. They're just barely going to make it work, right? Right. And so all of a sudden they move in, there's turnover, and then that assessment goes up to $700 a month. And you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so there's often construction defects, which, of course, when I get involved and I look at it and I say, all right, it's going to cost, say, $10 million to fix this place. You know what the number one affirmative defense is of the builder? An affirmative defense is like a yeah, but defense. And that their number one affirmative defense is lack of maintenance by the association. Right. So they're putting it back on the association. So I'm like, listen, you beep, you guys sued these units. And you told people their assessments were going to be really low. It turns out they were fictitiously low. And then at turnover, they would have to raise it all the way up to $740 just to keep the place afloat, much less deal with those myriad of construction defects. So you, the builder, and you, the property management company, basically defrauded all these people saying they could afford to live here and they really can't. And that would be the only time I could think of off the top of my head where I would right. sue, a, Go that way. sue a can gotcha. or a, all right. Well, let me let me ask you this: Is when when you're going through some of this stuff, is there something that you know is always needed that I, as the cam or somebody, just tends not to keep? You know, when we're talking about records or things to do, and you say, "Hey, I need X, Y, and Z," and it, it always comes up. But is there something that people should be doing that they're not doing or seeing enough? You ever run into situations like that? Not. To the point where it's obvious. I mean, as a CAM, you're required to keep the documents for, I believe it's seven years. Yeah, you have to keep everything, right? So those are kept. But what, what I see the mistakes being embedded in 
is when you have those complaints coming in from homeowners or a board member, we've got window leaks, we've got cracking stucco, we've got uh, roofing issues, and those just go into a subfolder never to be heard of again until that four-year deadline is passed. So what CAMs need to do is have an internal alarm going, I was just told about something which is potentially a construction defect. I've got to use this information appropriately and find out if there's something that needs to be done before the time has expired to protect the association's rights. So kind of took a full circle there, but that's how the document keeping errors can raise their head. So basically just don't, don't sit on the bad news, do something about it right away. Correct. The law does not protect people who sit on their hands. Gotcha. That's good to know. We have a lot of people who listen to this show all over the country. When I And I tell people it's hard to understand when we look at the analytics. Even though CAM University is mainly a Florida company, we do have people that listen to this all over the place. Is, there, is that something uh, when you as a lawyer and your firm, do you work only in Florida? Uh, is there... And the second part of that question, are there differences in construction defect law state to state? Or, you know, kind of how does that work for people who are listening to this outside of Florida, I guess? We do take cases all over the country, and the laws are very different from state to state. Oh, okay, very. Yeah, they can be incredibly different from one state to the next. Wow. Okay, so good to know. But uh, is there anywhere, and and Lynn has a question, but I was going to say... If, and if it's all 50, just say, but is there certain states you just always work in or are there some that you just avoid because of the law? The one state that I would definitely avoid because of the law is Pennsylvania, unless it was a major builder with lots of money. And the reason being, their esteemed, their esteemed Supreme Court found that a construction defect and the damages caused thereby is not an occurrence under the policy. So you have all these builders that go out and build negligently and so forth, but at least they have insurance. So when you sue them and all they have is a pickup truck and a shovel, at least they have this multi-million dollar insurance policy. Well, in the state of Pennsylvania, they don't have any coverage for construction defects, even though they bought a commercial general liability policy. So if you're going to trudge into there, be extra careful. So speaking of nationwide, is there one particular state besides Florida that you have seen a lot of construction defect where, because I think in the state of Florida from when I moved down here in 1996, just housing developments, condos going up like, you know, corn growing in a field, you know, it was crazy. And they could, they couldn't build them fast enough, which is the reason that we have so many construction defects. But I'm just wondering if there's another state that you see out there that has the same or more than Florida from what you've seen. From what I've seen, every state that is going through an extreme building boom, meaning they're building houses and condos and townhouses as fast as they can and people are lining up to buy them, they all have the same core degree of construction defects. But what they don't have is the rain like we do. And the rain is the thing that illuminates construction defects as fast as anything, absent like a tornado blowing off a roof or you know, strong wind blowing off a roof. But just the day-to-day stuff that a house should normally endure, rain is that one thing that gives you the litmus test as to whether your home was constructed correctly. 
So when we try cases in, say, Nevada or you know, Arizona, we don't have the luxury of, after from the destructive testing, showing the jury the horrible rot that we get in Florida. Like there's massive damage to the um, framing, the OSB, the insulation, drywall. That's all just nasty because it rains so much here. A little tiny defect, just a little inch of missing sealant on the top floor of a window can cause this cone effect as gravity pulls it down and and the water finds its path of least resistance and works its way to the ground. It'll have this giant cone of damage that goes from that little tiny opening all the way to the ground. When we go to these drier climates, we go in for the jury and say, if we don't fix this, this will be a big problem someday, as opposed to the graphic stuff we get here where people in the jury go, there could be a baby upstairs. And they're right. It needs to be fixed. It's serious stuff. All right. So rain is the great equalizer and showing all that out then. huh? It's crazy. And I guess that makes sense too, because it rains six months out of the year down here and then the other six months away you go. You're not from Pennsylvania, are you, Lynn? No. Oh, okay. That's why I was trying to ask that. I could... She did look a little defensive. No, Pennsylvania. no. I have to say though, I, I lived in Maryland for like 10 years and uh, very close to the Pennsylvania line. And if you've ever driven on the roads in Pennsylvania, they're horrible. They're <laughs> hor- They're the worst roads I've ever driven on. Yeah, they don't care about construction defect in the road system either, <laughs> if that's a thing. They're good enough for the Amish. They should be good enough for you. Yeah. They don't have big cars. There you go. Construct. There's a whole, a whole new avenue of litigation for you, Jason. Road construction defect going there. Well, uh, we always ask, you know, because obviously I'm not a lawyer. I just play one on the radio and do stuff like that. Is there anything we should have asked you today or should have covered that we didn't? Um, just because I don't always know, you know, everything about your business. Is there anything you want to make sure we get across? No, I can't think of that one thing that everybody needs to know beyond what we already talked about. You know, that the cams just need to be so cognizant of those deadlines to avoid liability. That is the one thing. If you're going to take away anything from this podcast, it's that. Don't stick your head in the sand. Keep it up and act on information that's provided to you. I'd also like to add that although you do work, your your firm works all over the state, all over the nation, they're a, they a very important part of CAM University. And if anybody's out there listening that would like to meet the Persiano team in person, they, they attend all of our events in the following locations. They are in Jacksonville. They're in Daytona. They are in Brevard County. They are in Orlando, Central Florida. They're in Tampa, Pinellas County, and also Sarasota. Did I miss any? I think I got all of them. We'll we'll go all over Florida. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, they go all over Florida, but if you want to meet them in person person at a CAM University event, please attend in those cities. Yeah, those Um, are the ones. And of course, Jason, we're going to have Jason, before we close, give his contact information so that you can reach out to him and his firm. But you can also call me at CAM University. Email me at info at cam-university.com. If you need to reach out to Jason and I can get you, I can get you his hotline right away. Okay. So Jason, on that note, how, how does our audience um, get a hold of you if they need to reach you? Well, to reach the office that I'm personally in, you'd call 407-636-7700, or you can email me at jbruce at persiano.com, or you can go to our website, persiano.com. One of those three things should get you to me. 
Find a way to do it. All right, guys. Well, for Jason Bruce from Persiana Law, for Lynn from CamUniversity.com, I'm Jason Ekman. That's all we have for you this week. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast service so you know when new shows are available. Remember, don't just listen to this information. Listen to it and get out there and use it. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the show. If this content is delivering value to you, please go to your favorite podcast site to rate and review us. Also, be sure to subscribe on that site so you are notified when we release another show. All of those things help us to build this community, and that's what we are all about. To grow this thing as big as we can and get more people involved, to help people, and to bring as much value as possible. You guys rating, reviewing, and subscribing really helps with that. To contact us, drop us an email at info at cam-university.com. That is info at cam-university.com. Or you can leave a message at 407-430-6109. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. Just search CAM University. If you're looking for events or vendors, go to cam-university.com. And remember, don't just listen to this information. Listen to it and get out there and use it. Have a great day.